Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. All right, now where are we on this thing? This is part seven of the series you guys asked me to do on the administrative scale of importances or what L. Ron Hubbard refers to as the admin scale. And we've only gone through three levels of the scale so far, so we're not even halfway through yet. But here we are at the next level, which is planning, which could very well take three episodes all by itself. You know, it's one thing to grab some aspect of Mr. Hubbard's vast research on the subject of management and groups and pass it on to you more or less as a tip or a pointer on how to do something, you know, we can dream it up on our, over our morning coffee. We can look up the references. We can go over the reference with you 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But uh, to do something of this magnitude, you know, to get a better understanding of such a vast and crucial aspect of the Harvard management system as the admin scale and to put it over to you in a podcast in small bits This is quite a challenge, actually, but we're giving it a whirl here, and I hope you're keeping up with this. Let me caution you. Let me caution you, however. It is easy to give this a brush off, this subject a brush off. And frankly, in my experience, most people do. But that would be a shame. It's very easy to get all fired up on the vision, you know, the goals and the purposes. But then when we start getting down to the nitty-gritty and policy, plans, programs, so forth, I often see the enthusiasm on the part of the student or the member to peter out a bit. You know, you look at their admin scale, hey, you know, would you look at our admin scale? I look at it, and sure enough, there's goals very explicitly stated and purposes very explicitly stated, and policies, you know, maybe there's a note, you know, to be written or to be developed or per, you know, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard in his management system, or some sort of, let's call it glib, kind of a brush off on policy. Now, when you get the plants, oh my God, these plants, I mean, they are barely plans, you know, plan, you know, make a million dollars. That's a plan. I'm exaggerating a bit, but not a whole lot. It's hard work. All of it's hard work. I don't know what to say. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not fun work, but it takes commitment and study and dedication to master any one of these levels of the admin scale. So I guess you could say you got to stay focused, you know, you got to stay interested and you got to study and work at it because uh, if you don't, you know what happens? Nothing happens or almost nothing. I mean, of course, it is far better to have a goal or a purpose than not. And defining these things is crucial to living, as we've already discussed. But how badly do you want to see these things become a reality? Well, if you do, You better be prepared to get to work on learning the rest of the scale and using it, because if you don't, the odds are about the same as an army of chimpanzees typing out Shakespeare that you're going to get there. So with that, let's tackle the next level of the scale, the all-important level of planning. Now, It is easy to think you know about this subject because we've all been planning since we started figuring out how we're going to beat our little sister to the prize in the cereal box. But while we are constantly planning and scheming does not necessarily mean we're all innately very good at it. Failures in business and in life abound. 
and one might say that they all amount to poor planning. That would be a little bit of an oversimplification because you also have to execute plans, but it usually starts or often starts with just plain bad plans or inadequate planning. For instance, if you're going to build, I recently built a bunch of cabinets for my wife. She had a goal, she had a purpose, she had an idea, she had a whole ideal scene. And of course, it sort of becomes up to me and that sort of an affair to uh, when it comes to building things and that sort of stuff. It really falls to me. So, you know, I take a look at it and I observe it and I, I make a plan. Now, the structure was not that simple. And I can tell you, if I hadn't spent a good amount of time doing the planning for that and drawing it out on paper and doing all the measurements and thinking of all the eventualities and what material are we going to make it out of and what are we going to put it together with and so on? How are we going to finish it? And, you know, am I going to work on it inside? Am I going to work on it outside? You know, how are we going to, and if I do, if we're going to work on it outside, how are we going to keep it dry in the weather? And it was, uh, you know, it was a project. And uh, I was probably a little bit rusty, hadn't, hadn't built anything of that sort in quite some time. But nonetheless, the planning was crucial. And every single step of that planning that as it was being executed, I was praying on high that everything would come together at the end. But, you know, it all did, thankfully. And uh, you can attribute that to the planning. You know, without a plan, that never would have occurred or would have been a, not a very uh, functional or certainly not very aesthetic to look at set of cabinets. So anyway, I'm making that sort of humble, fairly homey sort of a description because, but it illustrates, you know, much greater things. You know, what about a plan for a career? If you don't plan it, is everything going to fit at the end? <laughs> you know, are all the pieces going to go together? You know, did you measure it all out correctly? Did you take into account the weather? Did you, you know what I'm saying? It's this element of planning is critical to any dream, any vision, anything that you're looking at that you want to accomplish in your life, large or small. You better plan for it if you expect it all to come together. So the article we're going to use to introduce this subject, and as I said, we're probably going to have to devote another episode or so to this, uh, is L. Ron Hubbard's landmark article of the 14th of September, 1969, entitled, The Key Ingredients. Now, this article covers six critical points, which Mr. Hubbard refers to as the key ingredients. He refers to it as a, quote, vital rundown, end quote, in teaching organization. And planning is only one of these six ingredients. So if you want to learn about the others, you should look up and read the article. And you can also listen to episode 13 of volume two, The Six Steps to Making Dreams Come True. That's the title. Those six steps are the six ingredients. That's where we cover all six. And we touch on planning, obviously, as one of the six, but we're not going, we don't go into it in the kind of detail we're going into it today. By the way, while you're at it, you're soon going to need to review episode 20 of volume one, Production Quotas, because we're going to start getting into that pretty soon uh, as well as we go down the scale. All right. But in reference to planning, Mr. Hubbard gives some very important associations and connections between terms or concepts that you or I use frequently in our conversation or when discussing management or business organizations, but we may not be putting these together. And this is something that those of us who have made a study of Mr. Hubbard's work have come to expect from him as his genius is not only in the discovery of data, but the correlating and prioritizing of data. 
Now, this is one of the exceptions I personally take when people tell me such rubbish as statistics have been around forever when teaching people, quote, KPIs, end quote, or what that's what uh, in common business vernacular today, that stands for key performance indicators, which is another weird way of saying statistics, but all right. So sure, uh, people have been keeping statistics for a long time, but it is the evaluation of the importance of that concept and its correlation to survival and the operating states of existence that is L. Ron Hubbard's work and genius. Are, are, are you really, are you going to teach, quote, KPIs to others and not relate them to subproducts, valuable final products, conditions, the formulas for uh, these various conditions? And all the rest of the points of the admin scale or the Hubbard management system, I am very, very disappointed in those who copy Mr. Hubbard's knowledge, claiming, quote, everyone knows, end quote, or something, and, and don't give it straight, complete, and from the source. As usual, I've gone off on a tangent stemming from my personal soapbox, so I apologize, but um, I felt that needed to be said. All right. But there's a brilliant example of this correlation of data from his article, The Key Ingredients, where Mr. Hubbard simply states, quote, The purpose of organization is, now all capital letters, to make planning become actuality, end quote. So I'll give that to you again. The purpose of organization is to make planning become actuality. So now we have all these vital terms. In one sentence, purpose, organization, planning. Maybe you thought the purpose of organization was to make your life easier or to have more free time or to be more efficient or more viable. But if you really inspect it, what is its purpose? You have a plan. You have a dream of some sort, no matter how vague. And so you start your enterprise or your project or whatever it is. Quickly, you realize that to make that plan become actuality, you're going to have to do a little bit more than work hard. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't realize that. But you, it's a fact. The missing piece here is organization. Even building a set of cabinets. Where am I storing the tools? Do I have the tools I need to do the project? Where am I going to assemble the project? Where am I going to cut, do the cut list for the project? This is organization. If you don't organize these things, I started the project by uh, building a place to put plywood and lumber. You know, I mean, where am I going to put this stuff? I don't have that organized. So in part of the planning is included the organizational steps. So now we're talking about a tiny little project compared to building an organization or building a country or to build up the community. The same elements are there. It illustrates the point. So if you never thought you had time to get organized, and then, you know, as you're working in your business instead of on your business, you're struggling, you're striving, you're coping, you're dealing with it, and you're dealing, I don't have time to get organized. If you never thought you had time to get organized as you're too busy pursuing your dreams, maybe, maybe make the connection L. Ron Hubbard is making here and realize that those dreams will not become real unless you organize the activity. It's that simple. Later on in the article, he gives this other very famous datum. You've probably heard it before if you studied any of Hubbard's works. He says, quote, and this is from the key ingredients, quote, 
It is not man's dreams that fail him. It is the lack of know-how required to bring those dreams into actuality. End quote. Now that's something you can always resort to. It's one of the ones, my favorite ones to stick on the inside of my forehead written in reverse so I can always take a look at it. It is not man's dreams that fail him. It is a lack of know-how required to bring those dreams into actuality. What is the know-how that's missing? It's the know-how of organization, of course. Everything we've been discussing for almost three years in business-wise. You want to see failed dreams? Look at most governments. They're infamously disorganized. Talk to the honest, hardworking, competent, but pretty worn out auto mechanic who gave up on his dream of having a big glistening auto repair shop and is stuck underneath a car somewhere twisting bolts because he did not know how to organize. Nothing wrong with twisting bolts if that's your dream, but if you had a dream, you would be running a shop where you had others doing it while you got involved in raising your kids or bettering the community or something of that nature, then one tends to get a rather resigned attitude toward life. And it's not, life is no longer as magic or as much fun as you anticipated it would be or, or as it was at the very beginning when your dream was first dreamt and launched. It's been said a dream is never stronger than at its birth. Well, what kills a dream? Failure. Where does failure come from? Lack of the know-how required to bring those dreams into actuality. Now, part of this know-how is the know-how of planning itself. Again, referring to his article, The Key Ingredients, Mr. Robert states this. Now, we're going to break this down, but listen carefully. Quote, planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted and what men can do, even with stretched imaginations or misgivings. Planning has to be targeted and scheduled and laid out in steps and gradients, or one will be laying railroad tracks that pass through oceans or boring tunnels in mountains that do not exist, or building penthouses without putting any building under them to hold them up. L. Ron Hubbard. So there's a lot in there, so let's break this down. So he says planning is based on dreams. We, we covered that, and uh, that sure is true. Without a dream, what's, what are you planning for? Even if the dream is to fish the dinky toy out of the cereal box before your sister gets to it, It's, there's a dream there of some sort, large or small, or if it's, you know, your wife's dream for a set of cabinets, you know, in the bedroom. All right, but it must be, and that dream, he says, planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted. So look at, we have all had friends or associates who are dreamers, and some of those dreams make a lot of sense, and some of them really don't. Like, you know, I have this dream of building this huge, you know, organization that's making inflatable Christmas trees. Who the heck wants an inflatable Christmas tree? 
like, that's sort of a dumb idea. It's not a dumb idea to the guy who's dreaming it, but is he fitting that into what is needed and wanted? And that's one of the critical tests for any dream and any plan. So here we go. We're looking at goals and we're looking at purposes. And of course, you're also looking at things like lower on the scale, like valuable final products. I mean, are we creating a product that people are actually, do they need and want it? You know, and this is why your admin scale is worked up and down. As you go through these things in the sequence, we're going over them and you're adopting your policies and you're adopting your planning. Uh, by the time you get to the bottom of the scale, you're probably going to be working it up again and you're going to be looking it all over because it won't line up necessarily perfectly out of the first, you know, right out of the gate. But certainly those dreams must take into consideration what is needed and wanted by the, the uh, group or the individual or, or whomever that I'm going to be exchanging this dream with because a dream is basically being shared with others, isn't it? It's not just a dream of your own. Uh, if, Barely would hardly need an admin scale for that, really. Hardly need much planning for that. You know, I want to eat a pizza, go eat a pizza. But, you know, if you've got a group of people and you're making a plan for the evening, you're going to have to discover what does everybody need and want before you start planning out everybody's lives for them because you might lose a lot of friends that way. So he says, planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted and what men can do. Yeah, kind of important. <laughs> Don't create a plan that nobody can do. But listen to what he says. He says, planning is based, I hate to be kept repetitive, but it's kind of important to know this. Planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted and what men can do, even with stretched imaginations or misgivings. Now, man doesn't mind having his imagination stretched. In fact, most people kind of get into that, men and women, right? So if you are a dreamer and you have a plan and it's stretching their imaginations, that's usually, even if they're kind of like, oh, and they have misgivings. Now, misgiving is an interesting term. Misgiving is a feeling of doubt or apprehension about the outcome or consequences of something. He has misgivings about asking her to the prom. You know, he has misgivings about the way this campaign is being run. These are examples, you know, there, there's some doubts. I might get a big fat reject here, uh, or this might be just a total failure. You know, unfortunately, all too often I run into individuals who seem to want to have dreams and plans that uh, do not include any misgivings. And I have to tell you, uh, those are probably pretty dull plans and pretty dull dreams. You know, if you want to get into something worthwhile, if you want to engage other people, if you want to get them to stretch their imagination, I hate to break it to you, but misgivings is kind of part of the territory. It kind of goes with it. You know, if there's no misgivings, ask yourself, is this really worth doing? You know, if you're, if it's flipping you out a little bit, like, oh my goodness, I don't know about this. This is kind of scary. That's probably a good thing. And, you know, I would be willing to bet in your youth, I don't know how old you are, the, you know, the person I'm talking to right now, whoever's listening, but, you know, in your youth, you probably didn't give th uh, two hoots about these misgivings. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, my friends and I uh, jumping off 40-foot cliffs into, you know, rock, uh, into rock quarries and stuff like that. And, you know, our parents watching, like, I don't even, I watched my son do it one time and I was like almost ready to, you know bench him for the rest of the summer, but, you know, but I was doing it, you know, um, there's misgivings in that, but you know, that's why we did it, isn't it? It's why we always do these things. And then, you know, failure here, little failure there. Next thing I want a nice safe game. I want a nice safe dream that no misgivings, you know, I learned my lesson, 
you know, I got my teeth kicked in that time. And you know what? No more of this uh, funny dreaming stuff. You know, uh, dreams are okay as long as they're safe and there's no misgivings and there's no stretched imagination. Well, I don't know. I uh, don't think one should lose that ever. I think that's part of being alive, isn't it? So, uh, and I think Mr. Hubbard would agree with all of us on that point. So he says here, we're just going to repeat that and then go on to the next part. He says, planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted and what men can do, even with stretched imaginations or misgivings. So yeah, it's okay. Let's take into consideration what men can do, but sometimes we got to stretch them. And sometimes there's a bit of a dare there. There's a bit of a risk there, but that's, that's all. That's okay. And he's on to say planning. Now listen to this. Planning has to be targeted and scheduled and laid out in steps and gradients, or one will be laying railroad tracks that pass through oceans or boring tunnels in mountains that do not exist or building penthouses without putting any building under them to hold them up. All right. So we're, we're introducing a couple of interesting terms here. One is, and you may think you know it, and maybe you do, but I'm just going to clear it up with you because they, Mr. Robert gives nuance to these definitions. One is the word target. So he says, now the noun definition is it's an individual step of a project or program. We're going to be getting to those in the very near future in this podcast. An individual step of a project or program, which is assigned to someone to do or to get done. Now listen to this because he qualifies it. Targets must be terminable doable, finishable, completable. So this is one of the qualifications that are necessary to a uh, target. A target has to be something that can be done and you can say done to it. Well, let's say you have a plan, you know, a sales plan for your salespeople and you say, okay, um, we're going to put a target here. You know, be sincere in every approach to the public. Okay, great. Uh, is that done? Yeah, yeah, that's done. What do you mean done? I mean, every approach to the public. When do you mark a done on that? Like, when is this actually done? It's not really terminable. You see that? It's not finite. Now, if you said, look, uh, study and make sure you understand every word on all the policies written uh, that we have written and issued on being sincere with the public. Okay, did you, did you do that? Did you read them all? Yeah. Do you understand all the words there? Yeah. Let me check you out on a few. Yeah, you got them. Good. That's done now. Okay, you could have a target like drill the procedure on making a presentation to the public, you know, this is for your sales team, until you get a pass from your boss. Okay, okay, well, I'll drill it, you know, he drills it a few times and he stinks at it. So boss gives him a flunk. So he drills it until he's gotten and the boss says, okay, that's a pass. Now that's a terminable, finite, doable target. You see the difference between those two targets? One is can be completed and the other really can't ever be completed. You could say, okay, now that you've learned all this, go out and be, uh, you know, and demonstrate your competence in this area to the next 10 customers and show the results in your sales statistics. So the guy goes out to the next 10 people and he sells four of them or something like that. And you go, okay, that's a pass. We can put it done on that target. But to say, you know, be sincere in all your approaches to every public, that's not a terminable target. So that's not a target at all. You follow that? He's saying here, when he's defining planning in the key ingredients reference, he's talking about these plans need to be targeted. And then he also says they have to be ingredients. So this is another important word. So he says here, this is Mr. based on Mr. Howard's works, he says a steepening or an increasing from the slight to the heavy. Gradient refers to a grade as in going uphill. 
It's a little bit more each successive step. It gets steeper, it gets more complex, or it takes in more the further you go. So a gradient would be a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So you've got a plan to be executed and you're going to build, um, you're going to build a cabin. Uh, what's the first gradient? You know, well, let's start with learning how the foundation is supposed to get, how, how are we supposed to prepare the ground? And okay, I think I can handle that and I can build this foundation. And, you know, I never built a house before, but here's our first gradient. We've got this plan and now we're going to put this foundation. Good. That's a nice solid foundation. And we did a nice job on that. So there's a gradient. Do the same thing. Let's say you're doing this planning for your sales force. You know, let's let's get everybody able to open their mouths and talk to people with sincerity and to confront them so that they're not just being in front of them and talking to them in some sort of um, idea of what they think a salesman should be operating like and they're not even home there at all. You know, you, we all know salesmen like that. You talk to a salesman and say, I don't think I really know the guy. I'm just lear- I'm just meeting this persona called salesman. Anyway, we get on a whole roll there, but you follow me. There has to be gradients in these things. And that's part of your planning. Planning includes gradients per Mr. Harvard. So again, uh, from that article, this paragraph that we're breaking down, I I hope I would expect maybe have a bit more understanding of it. He says, planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted and what men can do, even with stretched imaginations or misgivings. Planning has to be targeted and scheduled makes a point there too. You, you, you know, you set these targets and you put them on a schedule. This is what we're going to do by Monday. This is what we're going to do in the month of June. This is what we're going to do in July. It has to be targeted and scheduled and laid out in steps and gradients, or one will be laying railroad tracks that pass through oceans or boring tunnels in mountains that do not exist or building penthouses without putting any building under them to hold them up. So there you go. Very succinct. Uh, adequate description of the know-how of planning. Of course, there's a lot more to know about this. Uh, We're really just touching on the subject. We've already made this one of our longer episodes, but, you know, you guys are asking a lot. You want me to go over this admin scale? Well, sit up and listen. What am I supposed to say? It's not, uh, not something we can just brush off. Quite a deep and comprehensive subject. He says one other thing about planning in here. He probably says some other things too, but I want to make sure you had this before we wrap it up. He's talking about the the true vital administrative points. Remember, we're talking about six key ingredients. Planning happens to be number two. And he says here, quote, planning, which includes imaginative conception and intelligent timing, targeting and drafting of the plans so they can be communicated and assigned, end quote. All right, so that's another element about plans. Don't just scratch them all out on a brown paper bag and hope if you've got other people working with you that they can read them and understand them. Plans also have to be done. They not only have to be imaginative, they not only have to be needed and unwanted, they not only have to be targeted and scheduled and done on a gradient step-by-step, they also have to be done in such a fashion they can be easily communicated unless you're the only one who's working on that particular goal or purpose, in which case, as long as you can read it, though uh, I've written many a plan that I can barely read. So don't make that mistake. Make sure also that your plan can be communicated and assigned to the others who are responsible for helping you get that plan to become an actuality. 
They become a reality because why are we doing this if it's not for that purpose or end, you know, or that objective that we're going to make our planning become actuality? Hopefully this uh, week's episode is a good step in that direction for you. And um, there is more to know about planning, but I wanted to cover these initial elements, very, very vital elements and common denominators of all plans so that you can recognize a good plan and uh, draft one of your own. I'll give you a few more tips in the next episode or two. I haven't decided yet. But in the meanwhile, thank you very much for listening. I do very much appreciate your comments. Uh, please keep them coming. They are feedback for us. We appreciate them. Your likes are always welcome. But most of all, we hope that you're using what you're learning from this and achieving success. Uh, drop us a line if you care to at info at wiseeastus.org. And uh, thanks again. We'll talk to you again next week. Week.